Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Monster Radio. I'm your host, Ryan Tremblay, joined alongside by... You want Ashley, me to introduce yeah. myself? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that how this goes? <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. This is only episode number two, um, and I am absolutely terrible at starting things. So and uh, so I, I apologize for the delay, but if you don't know who I am, I'm, I'm, I'm Ashley Hilt. All right, and tonight we have a very special guest. We have Matt Squatch. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I didn't know if I needed to introduce myself as well. So. Oh, no, no. We take, care of, <laughs> we take care of the introductions for you. So, Matt, why don't you tell the listeners who don't know who you are, which are probably very few, who you are exactly and what you do? Uh, well, my name is Matt. I live here in beautiful um, Southern California, and uh, I research all things paranormal, but specialize mostly in cryptozoological subjects. With a heavy emphasis on Sasquatch, uh, but we also talk about Dogman and a lot of other stuff. And uh, I've got a YouTube channel. I've been on a number of podcasts and done a number of guest speaking arrangements and stuff like that. I've been on a few documentary films, like actual on like TV films, which is really wild to me. Um, but yeah, I mostly upload stuff to my YouTube. I, I do videos where I talk about different aspects of Sasquatch. Uh, their behavior, why they do things, some of the more unexplained things. Um, the whole concept behind my YouTube channel is let's apply critical thinking skills and science and logic to things about Bigfoot. And, uh, you know, let's think about it logically. Let's look at a lot of other non-cryptozoological animals and see how they handle situations and see how they live and survive and see if we can kind of infer things onto Bigfoot and Dogman and other cryptozoological creatures. Also do a fair amount of field work. I'm actually going out tomorrow morning. I'm going to be tromping around in the woods. And uh, yeah, I post this stuff on my YouTube channel. And some people watch it and some people don't. Um, been looking into this subject for a long time and I've met a lot of great people and Ryan. And, um, <laughs> and uh, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun and it's been a great learning experience. And I've heard some scary stories and had the crap scared out of me a few times in person. And, uh, yep, still always learning. That's kind of the goal. Yeah, a little trivia for you, too. Matt was the first guy I told about my Dogman encounter some years back. Yes, I remember. God, it seems like years back. It would have been like, yeah, that was like six months ago, right? No, it was probably like three or four years ago. But Actually, it was about like, two years now. Yeah, about yeah. two years. Mm -hmm. It was a long time back. Yeah. So what projects are you currently working on, though, Matt? What you got going on? Well... We just finished up. Um, actually, going to get a producer credit. I don't know if you guys saw the the Bigfoot documentary I was in. It was called "Don't Call Me Bigfoot." Mm -hmm. I was also in another one. Um, it was Bigfoot versus Aliens, where they used they, they used excerpts from that same movie. Don't call me Bigfoot in there. And I, last year, I filmed a bunch of stuff for a new documentary about Dogman. I don't know what the name of it is, um, but it's going to be out probably in March or April. It's either going to be on Amazon or to be or one of those uh you know streaming streaming uh service uh documentaries and it's going to be about dogman and since um, i've been kind of referring people around a bunch of different people also giving them some of some artwork and stuff so i'm actually going to get a producer credit on that i've Very also nice. been working with the high desert bigfoot group it's a newly formed group here in southern california that wants to investigate obviously the high desert areas um you know pretty much from san Bernardino. um you know, going out to like uh, Las Vegas to going out to the 10, going towards Arizona, 
um, going all the way down to the border. And then there's a lot of mountains and hills and everything in there. And they're kind of interested in some of these classical historical sightings and some modern day sightings of Bigfoot and Dogman. They want to try to track down Dogman. I think it's a bad idea. Um, But anyway, I've been kind of working with them. Uh, tomorrow I'm doing, I'm going back to Claudia Ackley's encounter site. I like to go back there every couple months and take a look around. Um, sometimes it's really dead. Sometimes it's really creepy and things are going on. Uh, but I like to go a couple times a season to that particular area. So I'm going to go up there tomorrow and do some filming. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much what I've been up to. That's exciting, man. I think you're going to be in the same Dogman documentary that I'm going to be in. Yes, I referred him to you, and that's right. how I think. I think that's how I'm getting the producer credit because he's oh, like, because okay. he's like, I got like three hours of you talking, but and I'm like, yeah, please don't make me the whole movie. No one wants to hear <laughs> me for that long. And, uh, and I was like, so I, I sent him contacts for like 15, 20 people that I knew. Nice. And it's amazing how many people didn't get back to him. And I'm like, this this isn't a podcast. This isn't a YouTube channel with 50 subscribers. This is like a real movie. You know, like I, it's really crazy. A, f- a friend of mine found it. Like I have an IMDb. I have like an internet movie database with my picture on there and the movies I've been in. And I'm like, wow, this is this is wild. So, <laughs> and, moving uh, on up in the world. Yeah, yeah. Again, I'm like a Z-list celebrity here. You know, but um, <laughs> a um, Z-list. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been uh, working on that. Working with Jeremy, the, the producer. He's he's a great guy. Um, he wants to keep doing more of these weird subjects. He's done another one on aliens recently too. Oh, great. I'll have to check that out. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one subject, I don't know how you do a documentary necessary on it. I don't know that much to carry a whole documentary, but I want to do something about orbs and the Ooh. connection that they have to Sasquatch. A lot of encounters, these strange orbs in the woods, like Anza Borrego, the state park, the desert area out here has a really huge history of orbs, uh, you know, leading people to their deaths and back in the mining community it was a real problem these like intelligently controlled orbs um and there's a connection to ufos there's a connection to ghosts there's a connection to bigfoot and other cryptozoological creatures so i think those orbs what they are um if you guys are familiar with them i I think that's kind of like the next big you know what is it kind of subject i'd agree with that i mean i've heard a lot of people say that there's orbs when they see bigfoot or they see just the orbs and then bigfoot so you have to wonder if there is a solid connection to that. You know, the the night I saw, or the afternoon, I, the evening I had a rock thrown at me in the Sierras later on that night, I saw an orb of light going through the woods. Mm-hmm. And I the, this was all, you know, within like a mile or two of each other. And mm-hmm. I've heard a number of Bigfoot encounters where, you know, they saw an orb going through the bushes or going through the trees or they saw a strange light in the distance where there was no road or anything or high enough up to where it wouldn't be like a headlamp or like a flashlight or a mm-hmm. plane. Um, and then minutes later or later on that night, they had Bigfoot activity. So there's something, you know, there seems to be some kind of a connection, whether there's a direct connection or if it's just a larger paranormal phenomenon and they're two separate things. I always try to put my investigation hat on, like police investigation. Like if you came to a set of stairs and saw a dead body at the bottom of the stairs with a broken neck. Would it be more correct to say the person fell down the stairs and broke their neck? Or would it be more correct to say, I found a person at the bottom of the stairs with a broken neck. So it's really kind of separating the wheat from the chaff is like, are these um, orbs connected to Bigfoot? Well, there seems to be a lot of sightings where they are in the same area. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, oh, yeah. you can, so you can almost imply there's a connection, but I don't, I've never, I'm sure they're out there, but I've never heard somebody say, then the orb transformed like CGI into a Bigfoot or the Bigfoot was being chased by an orb or something. But I don't know. It's definitely, you know, the, the theories abound and it really kind of fascinates me. Oh, likewise. Definitely. I remember a story way back when I'm not sure who was telling it, but they said that the orb transformed into a dog man. So, I mean, I don't know. I think they're connected somehow. How deep? I'm not really sure. What about you, Ashley? Sorry, I'm here. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm having a really strange night. Um, I, you know, I, people ask about this specific scenario a lot. And, um, you know, I, I, I do think that, you know, these are definitely the stories that, that get me very interested in, in high strangeness because they're especially weird. Um, I, I have a lot of thoughts personally on what these things might be, um, and I, I don't think that they are necessarily cryptids in and of themselves. Um, no. You know, I just think that that, that is too far-fetched. Not that there aren't cryptids. I just think that we have two separate phenomena happening at once, and, you know, this is, it, this is making it... Um, all the more convoluted and you know i think that we have people that are um uh a lot of people in denial about these situations a lot um and i don't know like i said i i think it's an interesting phenomenon i think it deserves study um but i don't think cryptozoologists are the right people to study those things to be perfectly honest with you um i think that kind of where the flesh and blood you know end is is kind of where where you know their job ends and and the ufologists pick up and you know and that and that makes it all the more strange because you got a lot of people in the community that don't really want to work together especially when you got different uh you know different opinions on on these things well i do agree with you like i consider myself more of a paranormal investigator than i do like cryptozoologists sure and so cause you kind of have to look at like the bigger picture of this kind of stuff. And, um, it, you know, like there's a lot of interesting, you know, you can't draw a direct connection unless you see one yourself. And even if you did, if I told other people, would they believe me? And did I necessarily see what was correct? But sure. some of the stories I've heard, at least here in Southern California, out, out in the desolate desert regions and stuff like that of these orbs having an intelligence of people shooting at them and the orbs coming at them or people following these orbs almost in an uncontrolled trance and then like walking off a cliff or something like that or falling Mm -hmm. down a mine shaft that there's some kind of intelligence to it and the whole um we saw an orb and then a dog man appeared maybe you know if you get into the extra dimensional theory maybe it's the you know, some kind of a floating portal that then opens up and lets a dog man through, you know, some kind of rift in space time and extra dimensions. And that's all hard science, right. you know, the existence of other dimensions and how they may cross over. I remember one theory that I always liked about the orbs was that perhaps they were maybe somebody remote viewing or some kind of like a disembodied, not soul, but maybe like a consciousness vessel or something that was spying or going around you know but that certainly would not explain any kind of cryptozoological connection but then you look at stories like skinwalker ranch and some of the stuff i've heard from down in florida and some of the other places of high strangeness i love that term by the way um some of these areas where it's like they're having ufo disembodied voices strange creatures 
um, Sasquatch stuff. They're, you know, they're getting like the whole paranormal buffet going on and the orbs seem to be kind of like a symptom of that. So yeah, maybe they're not directly connected, but they're coming through like from the same spot. Maybe it's some overlord's way of watching these cryptozoological creatures. I don't know. I have a theory in regards to um, trauma and kind of how the brain processes these things. And, you know, what, what I personally think right now, and of course, you know, in this line of work, your theories often change, but this one's been pretty solid for me for a minute. Um, but I believe that there is some type of intelligence going on in those particular sightings. And I believe that what happens is that they end up presenting themselves to us in a way that is ridiculous but not outside of the realm of possibility right i mean in in classical science we grow up you know being told that bigfoot is mythical right bigfoot's not real um, but it's something that we're familiar with seeing a bigfoot wouldn't be you know it, it wouldn't be a far stretch because there's always in the back of our minds that thought of well, what if bigfoot is real mm-hmm. um so these things come in and they present themselves to us in ways that are manageable that we can bite off and chew because when you start talking about um you know interdimensional creatures ultra terrestrials whatever it is you want to call them um that's a concept that our puny third dimensional brain can't uh, can't comprehend and so they present it to us in a way that we could comprehend that we experienced something strange. Um, we just quite, we don't really know exactly what that is. But one doesn't negate the other. Um, uh, a, a Bigfoot or a Dogman coming out of a portal doesn't mean that we don't have flesh and blood Bigfoot and Dogman. It's just simply not the same thing. It's just that the information is being presented to us as if it were. But, you know, again, I, I just think that they're two separate entities entirely. So are you talking like a topo-like effect where it's almost like, you know, these things are feeding off our mental picture of these things. So whatever we're thinking comes to life in a way. I mean, topo is a very bad term to use. It's a very, very bad term. It's fitting. But I mean, there has to be some kind of like, I guess manifestation might be a better word to use. Like I said, I think that it's just, it's so ridiculous, but it kind of has to teeter the line of being believable to our brains so that we can't, our brains can go, oh, you know what? Something weird happened. Um, but you know, it's, that's why it doesn't present itself as like a deer, but you know, that's why you get things like the not deer. <laughs> you well, know? It's, it's basically reality spoon feeding us so we can go, Oh, this is actually what I saw. This is something and it's weird and it's mm-hmm. not, it's, it shouldn't exist, but it does, but it's not to the point to where it actually breaks our psyche. Um, right. Because it's, again, it's something that we can actually bite off and chew. Now, whether or not these things intentionally want us to see them, um, well, I don't know. We'd have to ask them. But, um, you know, maybe they do. And maybe that's why they do it this way. Or, you know, maybe they're just passing by in the area and we're going to see something. So they make it a little easier for us to comprehend. I, I can't answer that question. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think it's we, we de- certainly shouldn't dismiss. I mean, we. I mean, we know. Let's be honest. There's people that lie, right? And so oh, yeah, we don't know how many, right? We don't know how many of these encounters are are legitimate. Um, but I I wouldn't feel comfortable as a professional in the field saying that all of them are fake because I don't believe that. I've talked to some of these people, and you know, you can. I mean, let me tell you something. There's just something about sitting down with with eyewitnesses and really, you know, hearing it in their voice and seeing it on their face what they experienced. And I, I don't think all of them are making it up. Right. Well, you know, I had a long talk um, a while back, and this was over 
a series of talks with a gentleman who was a demonologist. He basically worked with people in his own words to kind of sell his kind of sell their souls to the devil for success or to get something out there. And he was full into the black magic and uh, uh, Satan worshiping. And he was basically like a dark wizard. And, um, you know, from my little grounded cryptozoological world, this was kind of like, and this was, and like, this was a few years back where I don't have the opinions or the depth of knowledge that I have now. So it was kind of like a real shock to hear what he said. And I just remember asking him something kind of like what a 14 year old kid would ask somebody who's into this stuff. Like, so is Dogman a demon kind of a thing? And he kind of had an answer for me that I really wasn't expecting. Instead of saying yes or no or possibly, he was saying, well, what makes you think a demon is worth spending the amount of energy to transform itself into a dogman to scare you? It would be easier for the demon to make you hallucinate and make you think you're seeing a dogman. As opposed to actually, like he said, they could, but to transfigure itself into a dogma, why would it do that? It's got to get something out of you. And I was like, well, gee, I never thought about that. And then I started thinking of other Sasquatch encounters where people were like, there it is on a hillside. And it was like 10 feet tall, very clear, not that far away. Like there's a Sasquatch and it's moving and the guy's pointing right at it. And the guy next to him is like, I don't see a dang thing. And they're pointing right at it. And he's like, I don't see it. And he's like, you don't see that thing moving through the bushes right now? He's like, I see some bushes moving, but I don't see anything. Or where a guy sees a dog man and shoots at it and it has no effect. And by no effect, I mean the dog man doesn't even like turn around and look at him. It's like it was a hologram, like the bullets went right through it. And mm-hmm. I was kind of like, well, shit, maybe this guy's onto something. Like maybe sure. it's, you know, screwing with your brain thinking that it's there or and he even told me that it would make more sense to make three or four people think that you're seeing something than to actually physically manifest itself. But he also yeah. said, like, there are real ones out there, and he has no doubt that there's creatures in the woods, and they may have less than um, pure origins, or they may have a demonic connection. And he also said, so would I want to possess fat, out-of-shape Matsquatch, or would <laughs> I want to possess a very large... 800 pound killing machine Bigfoot. And he says, maybe some of the bad things that they do is they're under, they're an empty vessel. Maybe they don't have a soul as we think of a soul. So it could literally just be like a a, a big old meat suit for them. And it kind of made me think of a lot of different things about what, because going way, way back, I've had ghost encounters and things that I can't explain. And I was really into UFOs and stuff for a while. And, um, you know, so thinking back to some of the more paranormal stuff I, I was into early on and some of the experiences, it really kind of made me rethink of what I thought about ghosts and what I thought about demons or poltergeists or bad spirits um, from talking to this guy. And it really kind of opened my mind to like, well, shit, we don't know what's going on out there. Oh, yeah. I, you know, a really good example of what you're saying is uh, actually the um, one just just one, which there's multiple, but one that stands out for for sure is uh, one of the Mothman sightings that happened in Chicago, where a group of seven people in the middle of the city saw this thing, but I nobody else that. did. I remember that. And it's like Mothman in Chicago would be like Bigfoot walking down, you know, Manhattan Beach or something. It would be like what, <laughs> you know? Like a lot of people would, yeah, a lot of people would end yeah, up seeing this thing. Yeah. It's like it's like Bigfoot on like Bigfoot in Miami. It's like Mothman in Chicago. You're like that's kind of far from you know Point Pleasant and all that stuff. 
Oh, but, well, I, I'm not going to, I won't get into Mothman, but. Um. Yeah, no, no, it, like, I, I've done some cursory research into Mothman, and for me, he always falls more on, like, if there's a scale, one being a flesh and blood creature that just has nothing weird going on, ten being, like, a full-on demon. They're, mm -hmm. they're, like, they're, they're like a 9.0 on my scale. Mothman are really out there, and the whole <laughs> harbinger of doom and everything that goes along with them, you know, Dogman's probably, like, a 6 or a 7, you know. Um, Bigfoot's probably like a three, you know, but yeah, Mothman and then like the, uh, the Flatwoods monster and the, uh, the Enfield horror, the tripod creature. Some of these creatures are just like so bizarre and so out there, but like large groups of people or a whole town saw. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and you know, that's, um, <clears throat> that's my that's what i do is specifically everything that you name that's my specialty but yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I, I, I mean me too you know it's like as much as Sas, uh, sasquatch and dogman's my specialty like i'm always fascinated by that stuff and have to look at it oh because, yeah because, better. because a lot of these same woods these things happen people have right. dogman and bigfoot sightings too you know that's right. like ohio you know people always talk about the the pacific northwest or Skinwalker Ranch in Utah, and I'm like, you kidding me? Ohio is like the weird shit capital of the world, you know? Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's like they have they've had a, a, some kind of a sighting of everything around there at one point. Yeah, that knows it's crazy here. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, no, it really is. It's 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 wild. Well, that's why we're mapping it, and it, it let me tell you, it's not it's true. Um, but <laughs> well, when you get to the PNW, you get you get more instances again. There's really a lot of nothing in the middle of the whole country, which is interesting. Um, you know, I don't know why that is, but there is there's there's Bigfoot encounters everywhere. Like you can pretty much go to any state, you know, you, like states you don't think a damn thing about, like Nebraska or something like that. You're like, oh, I even, yeah. like, like, I even forgot that Nebraska existed. But there are Bigfoot sightings there, but it's, it's just so ubiquitous around the world that mm -hmm. it's really kind of like when you start talking about Dogman or like a Gugwe or some of the more fringe type creatures, it kind of then it kind of piques your interest. But for, for me, whenever I hear Bigfoot, it's like, well, is there a patch of woods? Yes. Does it support deer? Yes. Is there at least seasonally some water source there? Yes. Then I'm like, then there's probably either been a Bigfoot sighting there or is going to be a Bigfoot sighting there or a population there at some point. You know? I'm actually glad you brought that up, Matt. I was having a debate with somebody last week where they said that Dogman or Bigfoot couldn't actually exist here in Arizona. And I'm going, hello, Mogollon Monster. You know, it's been a thing. You know, they're, so yeah, and they they can't exist out here. I, I, I love the Mogollon Monster. Well, oh, me too. Um, um, because they're a particularly aggressive type. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, also, if you've ever been to the Grand Canyon, like you walk to the Grand Canyon and there's like, you know, an 800 pound elk walking by. And I'm like, okay, there's enough calories to support this elk. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, and, and, and deer and everything else. And there's water sources and springs, you know, if a large mammal like an elk mm -hmm. can, and bears, you know, like if there's if, if there's enough water, liquid and protein to support those animals, then. Yeah, why not a Bigfoot? They're a thousand times more crafty than a bear. Well, I think that belief came because, you know, when people hear about Arizona, they think the, you know, the stereotypical desert. They think what they see in the cartoons. And the it's coyote, really not cactus. Like that. Yeah. yeah, and it's really not like that. There's a lot of lush greenery out here. And there's plenty of game wildlife. So, you know, people have to take that into consideration. I love northern Arizona. Prescott area, the Grand Canyon, mm -hmm. Flagstaff up there. It's it's great. It's like... It's beautiful. It, it, it is. It, and, and it's like a whole part. It's like... 
like what you're saying, everybody thinks of Arizona as just like hot Phoenix or something like that mm-hmm. or, or, or Tucson. And there's a certain beauty to that too. I, I love the desert. I mean, I basically spent a lot of time in the desert myself, but it's just like, it's like a whole other world that everybody forgets about. Like, Oh, you don't know about Northern Arizona being basically awesome. It's like where you have all the red rock meets the pine trees, mm-hmm. you know? And, yep. and yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of a hidden gem. I mean, not like hidden, hidden, but yeah, most people, most people don't think about it. It's like I said, other than really Hawaii, like they have their own weird shit over there, but um, oh, they got tons of weird stuff over in Hawaii. Yeah. yeah but other than basically Hawaii, like, you can be almost anywhere in the continental United States and be like within an hour of a Bigfoot sighting spot, either historically or current. You know, like even me in Orange County, I'm in Tustin, the, the middle of Orange County. There's four million people in Orange County. It's basically one continuous city in a state of 40 million people. And I'm like an hour drive from legitimate Sasquatch encounter sites, you know? Oh, nice. Okay. So it's kind of like you can basically be anywhere in the country and not be that far from the Bigfoot side. This is true. Yeah. You know, and it's like Dogman, you know, maybe a little bit more. It seems like the Pacific Northwest and really far north, you don't hear that many Dogman stories. I guess Michigan Dogman, I guess they get a lot of snow and it's pretty far north. Mm -hmm. But I mean, like as far as coastal, like West Coast, Pacific uh, Northwest going into Canada, Alaska, Mm -hmm. um, I hear mountain giants and other scarier, way scarier. Oh yeah, you hear Genosqua up there. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah, and 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 other scary stuff. But I, you know, you don't hear a lot of dogmen in the really extreme northwest in the cold air. I don't know if the Bigfoot chases them out, or you know, maybe they like something a little more temperate, or they're just not really into mountains. I guess you know. You know based like, on my research, I'd have to say it's the climate that they don't like. I mean, if you look at Arizona, for example, you know, and I saw the hyena type here, Matt. You remember that? Yeah, yours was ugly from what you described. (laughs) Yeah, and the vegetation here, though, and even the weather, it's very similar to Africa in a way. So you can see all the pictures you post, all all the arroyos and washes and and trees and scrubs. And every time I see your pictures, it takes me back because I'm like, oh, I remember hiking around those type of areas. And back then I wasn't looking for anything, but I always, in retrospect, I'm like, damn, how close was I to getting eaten and not knowing? (laughs) Well, it's very similar though. So I think it could support something that's hyena-like. I don't think it's, you know, a branch off of the hyena, but it's something hyena-like, maybe more wild dog, African wild dog or something like that. Yeah. yeah. You know, you look at the surroundings and it could definitely substantiate something like that. So. Absolutely. And did we lose Ashley again? No, I'm here. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Just listening. You can chime in whenever you want. I know. <laughs> it's your show, lady. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> no, th- this one's Ryan's show. Yeah, this is our show, actually. Oh, okay. Different yeah. <laughs> one. Um, no, yeah. I, I mean, um, so I, I mean, I was, I've been, um, you know, kind of checking out your things and stuff like that since we've, you know, talked about, you know, doing the show or having you come on the show or whatever. Um, you know, when did you start? doing this stuff i i don't i don't know much about your your personal history or you know how you got into the subject i mean i know you were talking about how you've had you know various encounter you know not encounters but experiences we'll call them throughout the course of your life um when did you start diving in as a researcher well um i've been researching this for probably probably since 2002 2003 right after high school and I focused a lot on UFO stuff 
back then because I, I had a friend of mine, he's he passed away a few years ago, but he was, he worked for the government. He was a lobbyist. He, he had a lot of inside stuff about the JFK assassination, about the UFO crash at Roswell, the lesser known, but way better story. The UFO, the UFO crash at Aztec, New Mexico. And he had a lot of inside stuff and he really sent me down a path, you know, about underground bases and all the UFO stuff. Um, and then it was kind of later on that I worked in a legitimately haunted building where all the staff knew about it. There was the fourth floor of this one office building. We were security guards. And uh, this was when I was in my early 20s. And it was kind of, you know, we had all sorts of really weird stuff happen to us. We had people that refused to go over there. Everything from the walls growling at you and lights flashing to objects moving before your eyes to weird sounds coming over our walkie-talkie radios, fire alarms going off. We had light fixtures that lit up that engineers told me weren't even hooked up to power. I mean, we had all sorts of bizarre, bizarre shit go on over there. And so that was kind of a catalyst for that. And then my mom's actually has her degree in cryptozoology. So growing up, even as a little kid, it was always, you know, oh, what about Bigfoot? No, he's out there and stuff like that. And then uh, many moons ago, I was out hunting with my brother-in-law and we had a rock thrown. We had a rock thrown at us and we were followed out. And then later that night, this this was in the uh, southern Sierra Nevadas. So a big hotspot for this kind of stuff. Um, about an hour away from uh, Sequoia National Park. Sure. Um, yeah, and then that kind of, you know, sparked my interest in Bigfoot because it really, you know, I heard of Bigfoot and was kind of knew a few things about it and everything like that. Whenever I was out in the woods, I'd keep my eyes open. That really kind of set me off. Then I had another encounter in Idlewild, which is a mountain range here in Southern California at my parents' place. And then it turns out into doing local research there that there was a lot of, uh, a lot of historical sightings and a lot of stuff going on. In fact, that's where I'm going. Maybe if I have enough time, I'll stop by up there tomorrow because there's a few hotspot sites, um, sites that had missing people, strange encounters. People, you know, a site's good when I've had six or seven different people going back from the 70s, 80s, 90s, all the way up to a few years ago who don't know each other tell me that they've had weird stuff happen in one specific area. And for me, I'm like, that's a really good sign. And then my parents had a place up there for 25 years or so. So I really know the mountain range. Well, like I said, my mom always being into uh, anthropology, she's, she has, she has her degree in physical anthropology. And um, she would always talk about Bigfoot. She's a lot more hard nosed science than the woo stuff or any kind of more of the paranormal thing, but it was always something to talk to her about. She actually likes to go to the Bigfoot conferences and she's, you know, had dinner with Dr. Meldrum and all those guys and has, has, has all their books and Ron Moorhead. And she's always given them to me too. I got so much stuff that's been signed by those guys that be given to me by my mom, you know, and it's appreciative and I enjoy reading that stuff. But for me, mainstream Bigfoot stuff is actually pretty boring. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've kind of always had an interest in it. And in 2016, well, up until about 2016, when my old job, um, when I was a supervisor, I worked at a children's hospital. I was for the maintenance crew. I had about a crew of about 30 guys and we'd all be sitting around the break room and there's a few guys that were really into it. And we would talk about Bigfoot and on our lunch break, we'd go on YouTube and Hey, check out this video, check out this picture. And we talk about it a lot. And I got really into listening to Sasquatch Chronicles. Um, you know, kind of the, the OG, the best podcast about Bigfoot out there. If you want to learn about Bigfoot, listen to Sasquatch Chronicles because 
all it is is encounters and it's beautiful. And um, so I, I listened to a lot of that and extracted a lot of notes. And that's kind of where I came up with my type system about the 10 types of Bigfoot, more or less, is extrapolating different parts of the country from a lot of eyewitness sightings and their different variations on how they look. And uh, in 2016 or so, no, 2017, because my daughter was a year old and I just quit my job to be a, a stay at home dad, which was a really huge adjustment. And I needed something to do. So I, I watched a lot of YouTube videos and I'm like, oh, these idiots can do it. This idiot can. So I started a YouTube channel and it's kind of just uh, taken off ever since. And it's been kind of a wild ride because I've met a lot of people and talked to a lot of people. And there's been drama here and there. And there's been people who uh, who have been dishonest. And there's people that have been people have come and gone. And there's been great people and mentors and people I've learned from along the way. And, um, you know, for, for every encounter or factoid or something I mentioned on a video, I get inundated with emails and hour long phone calls with people from all over the place that just want to talk to me or pick my brain about something. And for every minute of film that I post onto YouTube, there's probably three days of me walking around out in the woods. So um, yeah, there's just so much more that goes on than I actually put on video. Uh, but yeah, that's basically kind of how I got to where I was at, um, just started talking about Bigfoot. I started by sharing my encounters and then started making a little bit of videos here and there about their understanding and talking about theories. It was almost kind of like it turned into like a masterclass of Bigfoot and cryptozoological paranormal. Cause I've got over 300 videos on my channel and I've talked about everything from Bigfoot scat, their poop to, uh, how to what their caloric intake would have to be to support that to, are they connected to the Nephilim and giants? I mean, I've made videos on pretty much everything out there. And, uh, you know, for me, it's all, it's all fascinating and nothing's off limits really. Yeah. 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 I mean, and it's not like I, I didn't do my homework at all. I definitely did. Um, but you know, I, I don't think, I, I don't know. And maybe you have answered the question. I mean, with over 300 videos and I think what we scheduled you about a week and a half ago. So <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't watch all 300 yet. I'm sorry. Um, I'll, I'll get there. You'd fall um, asleep. But, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you said, you know, what's interesting is that, you know, yeah, you're, you're mostly, um, you know, you're, you're mostly Bigfoot, right? I mean, hence the name, you know, Matt Squatch. Yeah, it's um, probably about it's probably about eighty percent of what we right. talk about. Right, which yeah. is, I mean, good because it's it, you know, it's, it sounds like it's it's very you know comprehensive information. But you know, you said something just a minute ago. You said that you find traditional Bigfoot boring. Is that did I catch that right? Yes, yes, and it's funny because I was talking to. Um, Oh, another guy was on a podcast, a uh, really successful one. Um, oh, God, what's his name? Uh, that guy? Tex yeah, tec uh, Beyond Strangeness, Texas, or something like that. Anyway. Oh, uh, oh I know who you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the Texan guy with a beard. Yeah. And we kind of came to the conclusion, because he, he was talking about UFOs, about how the UFO community has been talking about the same the same dumb stuff from since like the fifties. Like, sure. did you hear about Bob Lazar? Did you hear yeah. about Betty and Barney Hill? Did you hear about you know? Did you hear about Roswell? And it's like, dude, that was 50, 60 years ago. And we kind of said, yeah, the Bigfoot community is the, the same way. You're like, oh, did you check out this track cast? Did you see these dermal ridges? Do you see this mid tarsal break? Do you see how wide this foot is? Do you see? And, and it's like for me, it's like. That's Bigfoot 101. Everybody should kind of know that stuff if you're getting into it to know what a track is, to know it's not a bear track, a cougar sure. track, or a human track that's been washed out, or, you know, the telltale signs of a hoax. 
which if you know what you're looking for, you can tell a hoax track really easy. And, you know, the, the physical anatomy of a Bigfoot, like Dr. Meldrum's work, which I have a huge amount of respect for the conventional Bigfoot community. But it's just so, I don't know, boring to me because it's just they're not talking about really anything new. They're still, oh, we got DNA and it's, in, it's inconclusive. It's like, well, no shit, it's inconclusive. You know, it's like they're not human. They're not ape. And there's a lot of weird stuff that goes on with these creatures. There's an obvious government cover up. If it was just the wild wood man of the, you know, of the Northwest or something, they, the government would let it go. What What's the big secret if it's just an ape, you know, or if it's just a tribe of people. But there's, you know, definitely something else going on around here. And none of the it's really interesting because I've talked to Cliff Brackman a few times. I've talked to Jeff Meldrum a few times. I've talked to Ron Moorhead a few times. Um, before he passed, I had to have, a, I got a real brief conversation with Dr. Bendernagel, you know, the big names in Bigfoot, you know, and um, they're all just like, you, you know, if anybody mentions Dogman or its eyes flashed or an orb, they just kind of go, oh, wow. Anyway, let's talk about the bone structure of a Sasquatch hand from this handprint that we've examined. And I'm like, that's cool, but you're just going to kind of ignore the giant orb somebody saw or the story, you know, of like a Bigfoot hiding from something coming down a trail and it was a dog man or you're just going to ignore this stuff. Like they just, I don't know, it like most conventional Bigfoot stuff has gotten pretty boring to me just because there hasn't really been anything new or groundbreaking or, you know, it's like the show finding Bigfoot, you know, eight, nine seasons, whatever. It's like not finding Bigfoot. It's like, well, sure. Yeah. It's, it's like, well, no shit. You guys go out in the woods and knock on a bunch of trees, hoop and holler and have a camera gear and a, and a craft services truck right behind you. You're there right. for two hours and then you leave. It's like, no wonder you didn't find Bigfoot. If I wanted to scare every animal out of the woods and not see a damn thing, I'd go do exactly what you guys are doing. And it's just kind of like, so when I look at conventional Bigfoot stuff, I'm like, you know, I, I, I like Ron Moorhead. He's getting pretty old, though. I like Ron Moorhead. He's the guy who did the Sierra Sounds and his book about quantum Sasquatch. Yeah, I, I met Ron in the fall. Yeah. And um, he's he's pretty good. He's even a little bit more fringe. Like, I remember I was talking to Cliff Brackman. I'm like, oh, did you read Ron's book? And he's like, yeah, I couldn't get through it. It was too out there for me. And I'm like, oh, I feel like he's the only one of your researchers that's actually onto something. Right. But, but it's just, I don't know. Like, they all do good work and they're all in their lane, but it's a very, very narrow lane. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's very much, you know, whiten your teeth, comb your hair, you know, smile for the camera, let me sign your hat or whatever. And, you know, like any pa- actual passion for this that they had, I just feel like is gone out of a lot of these guys. And now it's just their job. And, and they're not pushing themselves. Whereas a guy like me, you know, I strap on my gun, I grab my GoPro, I grab some Twinkies and a water bottle and I go off into the woods and like, let's see what I can find. People email me about a site that's been weird and it's like, okay, well, I'm going to go back in the spring. I'm going to go back in the fall. I'm going to go back in the evening, the day. I'm going to be real quiet one day. I'm going to make a lot of noise the other. One day I'm going to go with no camera gear and one day I'm going to go with camera gear. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it really just lends me to just getting out there and doing it, um, you know, more for me than for documentation purposes, although I would absolutely love to film one because that would be great. Um, but, yeah, it, it's just, you know, the conventional Bigfoot world is a lot like the ghost hunting. You know, you see like those Zach Baggins guys oh, or yeah. whatever 
where they're out there yelling at the ghost. Yeah, you freaking blah, blah, blah. Come out here and show me right now. Or, you know, I'm going to go hoot and holler and bang on trees and clap a bunch of stuff together and run an air raid siren. And all these like UFO guys like, oh, I'm going to drive up to the guard at Area 51 and, you know, I'm going to camp out in front of Area 51 and look for this stuff. And there's a big government. And I'm just like, we've done this before. We've been doing this since like the 70s and 80s. Like Art right. Bell talked about this stuff in the 80s. Like, can we kind of get past like sitting at the border of Area 51 or the Patterson-Gimlin film? Or can we stop going to the Lizzie Borden house or whatever? Like, it's cool, but it's just like, can we kind of talk about different things now? And yeah. I kind of and I kind of get for the wider consumable audience, the person flipping through the channels, the layperson, if you will. But you know, for me, like I want to hear the weirder the better. You know, like I like I want to hear the weird stuff. Um, I want to hear the out there theories. Uh, you know, I I, I want to talk to you guys. I want to know what you think. I want you guys to challenge me. I want you guys to look at it from a different perspective. So that's kind of what I meant about mainstream being boring. Because sure. it really, once you've read the books and you kind of get the base knowledge of tracks and bone structures and use your common sense and critical thinking skills to determine how a creature like that would survive, then you're kind of like, okay, now what? Let's get to the meat and potatoes. Let's really right. figure out what's going on here. I totally get that too. That's why I moved on to the Wendigo. You know, Bigfoot just got kind of lame for me, so... Yeah, I know. I agree. I mean, that's I, and that's why I asked um, is because I, you know, I, I can catch some heat within the community because I, I say that Bigfoot's overrated and, and it's not necessarily that, you know, it's because it's something that I don't believe in. It's because I believe that these things exist and I believe that it's been proven over and over again that it exists. And I think that we're ready to, to move on to something else. And, you know, don't get me wrong. Some of my best friends in the community are, are you know, are squatchers. Um, you know, and, and, and they're great guys and good for them for going out and doing the work and, and putting the work into proving that these things are real and, and whatnot. But, um, no, I agree. Um, I think that I, I, as, as a professional, I like the challenge of the really strange, you know, rather than something that, again, I feel like has already been proven. Um, so I, it's, it's a breath of fresh air for me to see that there's also other people in the field that, that feel the same way. Um, because yeah, yeah, there's really nothing new. I mean, sure to finding a body at this point in time, we've done everything else. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Really right. Do. <laughs> right. And there's, there's no point in you getting a body. Some men will show up and take it from you and right. tell you to be quiet. So, uh, yeah, you know, it just, it has to go past proof. There's never enough evidence for a skeptic anyway. They'll always sure. debunk everything. So yeah, you, you have to do it for yourself. You have to go out there for, and I get burned out on Bigfoot. I get burned out on this whole subject, and that's why, why I had a lot of family stuff going on the last couple of years too. But you know, I kind of come and go as I please, and you know, there's bigger projects and other things I'm interested in, and then, you know, it's one of the, you know, as soon as soon as I was out, they pulled me back in. It's kind of one of those things where, as soon as I start to lose interest in it, someone calls me or someone sends me an email, and I talk to them, and they're in tears or something new exciting and it's kind of like you know dust off the old ghostbusters uh, proton pack and go out and see what it is and uh yeah it just kind of keeps bringing me back and uh you know meeting different people when when people are enthusiastic about it it gets me enthusiastic about it because you can kind of only really be into something by yourself for so long before you'll probably lose interest in it right so it's kind of it's kind of the fans and people sending me pictures or telling me about this or giving me a lead that 
you know, I have to view it like, like a paranormal investigator, like, you know, just an old school, like a private investigator, but instead I make, you know, I document a lot of my findings on YouTube and I go out and investigate these areas and, um, document it and interview people and have the plausibility. And a lot of times I present stories that I'm skeptical about. And a lot of times there's things I think that are hundred percent true. And you kind of just have to put the facts out there and the believability there. You don't know how many times someone says like, I saw a Bigfoot here and then I'm looking at it on Google and I'm like, yeah, that look, and then I go there and I'm like, this is not what I was expecting. This is like a regular campground with like RVs and there's no trees or anything around here. Like, are you sure this was the spot, you know, but the picture that they were you painting in your head, telling you in a story. And that's, that's, that's what I really like to do is, you know, it's kind of do active investigations where you go out in the wood and look for Bigfoot is fun, but I also love to do follow-ups on sites and, mm-hmm you know, like, oh, it ran up this hillside or, oh, every night it comes down. And it's like, well, it was probably digging through the trash or it was coming here for water or you have to look for the environmentals to kind of figure out. And that's, you know, the investigation part of it kind of fascinates me as well. And then you start getting into Dogman and Strange Lights and it just starts painting this bigger paranormal picture. And uh, yeah, that's what that's what really kind of keeps me going. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely agree. I think that you know, I'm I, I lose a lot of interest in places that I can't physically go to, um, right. you know, because I I need to be able to go in and take in the environment and actually go out and investigate it. I mean, as much as I appreciate people sharing their their stories and stuff with me, um, you know, I I can't say that I'm too interested in in hearing about your encounter that happened in Australia because I'm not going to be there anytime soon. Um, right. So, <laughs> you know, not that it's not, you know, interesting or that you're not valid and that, you you know, you didn't encounter something just that you might want to go find somebody that's based in Australia to to tell that to. <laughs> right. Well, um, what's actually amazing to me is when people reach out to me from around the world is how similar their stuff is to here. So I, I get exactly where you're coming from. It's like, oh, you're in Brisbane, Australia or something. And- right didgeridoo canyon or whatever and i'm like i'm never gonna go there (laughs) and it's just but i'm also part of me is just curious because i'm trying to paint a bigger picture and put like i want to hear the behavior i want to hear what they saw and what they described and then from there i kind of just shrug my shoulders and move on like kind of like i extract the information and kind of like well if i'm ever in didgeridoo canyon in australia or whatever by brisbane you know wallaby junction whatever like yeah i'll go check that out but that's not going to happen kind of like when i met up with the high desert crypto group a couple weeks ago um one of edgar the the main guy he spent a lot of time at bluff creek the famous patterson gimlin site and he's telling me about it and it's cool and he's like have you ever been there and i'm like no it's a nine hour drive and it's like (laughs) and it's like i have a family and kids and responsibility and it's money and quite frankly i don't really like camping is there a lodge there you know and i'm just like and i'm just like no, I haven't been. It would be really cool, but maybe someday, but it's not really like, like if I really wanted to go, I would go next weekend, you know, sure. like, I, like, like I would make it happen. I'd throw a tent and a cooler in there and pack up my guns and my cameras and uh, maybe not this time of year. I don't know. Probably snows there, but I would make it happen if I was really motivated. But I'm like my father-in-law's place that's in the Sierras, which is a four and a half hour drive that has an actual house that's 15 acres and he's right at, you know, the boundary of Sequoia National Forest and there's all these sightings like why don't I just go there because I know the area and I know the spots or right. I'm an hour and a half drive from Big Bear which there's been a bunch of sightings I'm an hour and a half drive from 
Idlewild, another mountain where there's been a bunch of sightings. I'm an hour drive from Angeles Crest Highway where people have seen Bigfoot and Dogman. Like, I don't need to go across the nation to see these things, you know. Yeah. Not that I'm, yeah, it's, okay. like not, it's like not that I'm opposed to it. It's just I just don't have the time and resources to do that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. No, my, my favorite is when people are like, oh, let me tell you about this haunted house that I grew up in as a child. And it's like, what, what do you want me to do? You want me to go on someone's private property that you don't live in now <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, and, and go investigate this house of, of claims that happened to you when you were a young kid when you probably thought there was monsters in the closet. I mean, what, you know what? <laughs> yeah, it's like, hi, you don't know me and you don't know the person who lived here before you. But 30 right. years ago when they lived here, they said there was a... Uh, a ghost in their closet. I'm a paranormal investigator. Why are you, sir? Put the pepper spray down. I'll leave. You know, like, <laughs> what do you want me to do with that information? I mean, you know, the the UFO sightings are a little more interesting. But aside from just okay, when did this happen? You know, what day was this? Where? That's what, it. You know, there's what did really it look nothing. like? Right. Was it a light? Was there an? Air, do you even know? Is there a military base? Is there a right. civilian airport? Are there crop dusters out there? And <laughs> I don't mean Ryan after Chile. I mean, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, what, you know that's, all you can really do with it, you know, at that point is just is the catalog. And don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm all about, you know, we've been doing this uh, mapping thing for, for quite a while now. And, I'd love to uh, see that, and, by the way. Uh, yeah, I, I can absolutely share it with you, you know, because, well, documentary number two is about um, concentrated areas of high strangeness. And, um, you know, because that was one of the first trends that we had noticed when we had, you know, got into investigating this stuff was that this these things seem to happen in clusters. Could just be that where it's happening um, has more of a, a population and people to report, right? Because if you don't report it, then we don't know what's happening. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm not saying at all, don't report these things to somebody. Um, I'm just saying that don't expect that we're now going to have a lifelong friendship because you want to talk about this weird one-off thing that happened, you know, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Or right. that we can, we can actively go and investigate these things, you know, when we are not local to that area. Right. Um, right. And, and if you go back, I don't know, a number of years on my YouTube channel, that's something I've really been into as well as these areas of high strangeness. Yeah. And it kind of came about organically when I start looking at an area that has a lot of Bigfoot encounters. And sure. then there's also missing 411 stuff. Yeah. And then I have quite a few connections because I've talked to given quite a few guest appearances and talks to people in the UFO community. And then you, you know, hear about orbs and all this other strange stuff. And you're just like, wow, there's a lot of weird stuff going on in this area. Like this um, area. Yeah. <laughs> like Yosemite National Park. Weird how national parks tend to be a trend in all this. But Yosemite oh, yeah. National Park is like West Coast weird shitometer area of all the weird stuff that ever happens missing people orbs you know indian burial grounds you know all the sasquatch encounters dogman encounters you know all that kind of stuff it happens right there in yosemite and up and down the, the sierra nevadas to a lesser extent like anza borrego state park out here is like I, I know people that live near it and they're like Oh yeah, we don't go over there. That's a weird area. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> and he's like, it's just strange out there. People turn up missing all the time, and dead bodies, and people see UFOs and crap out there. And this is like non-paranormal people telling me this. So yeah, so you since can, we're talking you know, about the strange though, since we're talking about weird and strange, Matt, I want your take on the Goat Man. What do you make of that thing? The Goat Man, I feel, is something kind of like akin to a Dog Man or akin mm -hmm. to. Um, 
you know, it's it's another cryptozoological creature. I think it's lesser known and it's lesser seen. I think it's something more on the paranormal end of things. I'd agree um, with that. You know, I, I believe people are really seeing them. I think it's really out there. Um, they seem mm-hmm. to have some kind of a Satan Baphomet kind of a connection. Oh, uh, most definitely. I mean, I believe that it's definitely tied to the occult somehow. Yes. And I've heard people describe them. I've heard them described a few different ways. Sasquatch is pretty generic in the sense that it'll be between seven and 12 feet tall, big and hairy. Right. Dog man will be an upright walking dog, either with big shoulders or small shoulders or like a hyena or like a bear. But generally goat man is I've heard him described as two or three feet tall, like mm-hmm. as some kind of a weird like baby human goat mix, like up in a tree. Like, like a satyr? Yeah, like a satyr or like an imp kind of a thing. And I've heard mm-hmm. people describe them like a dog man, except they have a goat head with horns where they're just like a big upright walking Bigfoot thing, but like a goat head propped on. Right. And I've heard other people say that they um, have seen like, um, it looked like a really large domestic goat. Mm-hmm. And then it, then it like went into the bushes or something and came back out around standing on its hind legs. And then it like, you know, a bunch of other weird stuff and they got super creeped out feeling or, it was a domestic goat trying to lead them into the woods. And then they could see something else in the woods that was bigger and more sinister. So mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of the goat man. I mean, I'm getting chills just talking about it. The goat man, something like, I don't know, like, you know, like dog man, save me, get me away from this goat man thing. Like it really freaks me out. There's something about you think yeah. that sheep squatch is a goat man, goat man, sheep squatch. Hmm. The sheep squatch stuff. I always wondered if it was just some kind of a genetically mutated Bigfoot. You know, or a headdress. Like, I think it could be wearing a headdress of sorts. I mean, yeah, or an animal skin. I've, 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 yeah. I've heard of, I've heard of, I've, I've heard of Gugwies, the kind of the Midwest rare Sasquatch with the snout. Mm-hmm. I've heard stories of them wearing like bear skins and stuff like that. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a so. Can grow subcutaneous horns and things like that. I mean, they're they're tumors, but they're non-cancerous, and so like, why couldn't Sasquatch do something similar? Yeah, yeah, and then if you want to get into the government theory, you know, who who knows what they're creating and dumping out in the woods and watching from a satellite going, well, how's it doing? Mm-hmm. True. Good point. You know, or if it's not our government, what what the hell was going on in Mesopotamia or Babylon or Atlantis eight or 10 or 12,000 years ago? Sure. You know, like, OK, back when it's amazing to me, I'm getting ready to do a video about this, how every ancient civilization from Native Americans to not that long ago Aztecs to early Mesozoic going on back to Olmecs, everything down in South America, all over Russia, all over Central Europe, Transylvania, all over the Middle East, Mesopotamia, going way, way, way back to the earliest kind. Every single culture has these monsters and these cave paintings and these weird, you know, like, oh, it, it had this kind of a head and the body of this and the body of that. And it's just like, every single culture had some weird ass animal that was a combination of three or four other animals, you know, like a chimera type thing where, you know, it had a goat head coming out here and a snake head coming out here, you know, like every single culture ever had it. Vikings, you name it, you know, Mm -hmm. true. And now we're just like, Oh, well they didn't really see those things. It's like, okay, well people today see Bigfoot and dog man and sheep squatch and goat man and devil monkeys and, Gugwe and giants and everything else. Well, that's different. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's just like, 
okay, so it really kind of paints this picture that people have been seeing weird ass stuff for a long, long time. So when people tell me about the sheep squatch or um, the goat man or mm-hmm. the chupacabra or the man bear pig, you know, like I really, um, I'm just like, okay, I believe you, you know, like I have no evidence to the contrary and I've heard stories and from all the weird shit I've seen and heard, if I was walking through the woods one day, especially if I'm in Texas or Louisiana or some state that I'm not normally in and I'm just going to go for a hike or something and I see something weird in the woods, um, I'm probably going to be scared and a little surprised, but I'm not going to be shocked by its existence sure. from from what I've heard from studying the subject. And I'm sure you two are probably in the same boat. Oh, yeah, like, most definitely. Nothing surprises no, me anymore. You know, it is always surprising in, a, in a, an exciting way, but it's not surprising in an unbelievable way. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, Good point. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now, do I want to go down to, you know, Lake Worth and find the Lake Worth monster? And that's one thing I've always been a little bit, I don't want to say skeptical, is lake monsters. Oh. Oh, no, Matt, we can't be friends anymore. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. no. Like, <laughs> Yeah, you I better do, have a damn good explanation here, Matt. I'm waiting. I do believe they I do believe that they exist. And I will give credit for the explanation of it's an inch of, of an interdimensional creature or something. But I've been to a few lakes that supposedly had some big monster in it, and I'm just looking at it going like, Yeah, I'm not buying it. Now a sea monster where they have plenty of room to hide and everything else. Um, I don't know. Like 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 I think Champ, I think, probably really exists. I think the Loch Ness Monster in the old parts of the world, you know, there's something going on there. Um, But, you know, for me, it's really hard to track something in the water unless you're just going to sit there and watch, which if you guys want to go to a lake sometime and drink some beer and watch the water, I'm fine with that. Um, But but, let's do it. But I'm completely serious, by the way. Um, But Bigfoot, like I can find tree breaks. I can find broken twigs higher up i can find tracks i can find weird hair samples uh you know there's there's physical evidence but like oh this creature 15 years ago something came up to the surface and it dove back down but no one's seen it since i'm like not that i necessarily disbelieve you but i'm kind of like okay what am i like i can't really go document that unless like i said we're just gonna go sit there and watch you know that's a good point yeah, and, and it's, it's just a lot harder me from the invest. The paranormal side of me loves it. Let's put it that way. The investigator side of me is kind of like, okay, did you catch it on video? Okay, did you catch it on video tipping over the canoe and eating the three people? You didn't. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, and you're the only one that reported this. All right. Huh, okay. Yeah, and nobody else saw it that day, and there were 20 people there fishing. You know, so. <laughs> No, I understand what you're saying. I get where you're coming from. I say that all the time. The romantic in me would like to believe that there's a plesiosaur living in Loch Ness, but the scientist in me knows that that's probably not possible, and it's probably just a giant eel. But mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I kind of put it in the same category, like in South America when they see, or Africa when they see straight up dinosaurs. Oh yeah, or possibly the Thunderbirds, not the Thunderbirds that look like a giant hawk, but the Thunderbirds that look like a pterosaur. Those are time slips. I'm telling you, those are that's that's bingo. That's, that's my theory too. And I think Loch Ness might be that where it's some 70 million year old time slip where Nessie found himself flopping around in the Loch Ness, which warm blooded or cold blooded would probably be entirely too cold for, Mm -hmm. for any kind of creature like that. Um, 
but yeah, like some kind of a time slip or hallucination or realities crossing over, or there's some, you know, because multiple dimensions has been proven to be a real thing. There's some kind of a multiple dimension of earth. That's the same age that this exact moment we are right now, but dinosaurs are still around, you know, and as this spinning ball hurdles through the universe, who knows what we're crossing over into and sure. whatever, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So like time slip or the other thing that crossed my mind is like, the concept of hauntings, if you guys know anything about hauntings, which I'm sure you do, it's mm-hmm. Paranormal 101. People ask me about ghost stuff all the time, and I have an interest in it. I mean, I'm a paranormal investigator. If you say, I know a haunted place, let's go check it out, I'll be like, right on, let's go. But it's not my main um, It's not my main area. But if you guys know about residual hauntings versus active hauntings, where residual haunting is every night at 6 p.m., the lady in white walks down the hallway. Sure. And, you can, and every night you go see her. You can't interact with her. She won't respond to you. But there's this light in the window or this figure that's always seen or every every october 31st at midnight on halloween the lady places sits at this guy's grave or something and i'm like okay well maybe there's some kind of residual haunting not haunting but some kind of residual energy and that's what people are seeing with dinosaurs or some of these large creatures maybe from a distance or like a glaciosaur or something well, yeah, but yeah, why wouldn't it apply to animals? I mean, why only humans and not animals too? Well, yeah. it's like I said the other day, Ashley, when we were talking about phantom wolves. Remember that you laughed at the term, but phantom wolves is a very popular term in the paranormal field. I did laugh about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's the name of my band, Phantom Wolves. Yeah, I heard your band. It's terrible, Matt. Yeah, I know. Phantom wolves. I've heard that. Explain further, though, because I'm not really sure. Is this where people shoot at a dogman and it doesn't do anything? Yeah, kind of. I mean, it's when you see what you think is a flesh and blood animal and it's moving, it's making sounds, it even sometimes has odor with it. But really, it's more like the uh, the animal's spirit or energy left behind. Oh. And some people believe that these phantom wolves are actually tethered to certain places, such as Loch Ness or whatever. And even theory. Matt was like, oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. What would made me go, oh, is, oh, I've heard that a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. I've heard a bunch of stories of Bigfoot, you know, literally dissolve, like slow dissolve on a film right. into midair or run past a tree and they're, the Sasquatch is five foot wide and the, it's a one foot tree, but somehow they didn't make it past the tree yep. or vanish or, you know, I've heard that with Dogman 2 and everything else or... Um, they can run through, like, or there'll be a Bigfoot running through the bushes completely silently, and you can be a forest ninja all you want, but when there's half a foot of leaf litter, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to make a noise. There's no way around it, no matter how stealthy you are. Exactly. It always, it, it always kind of occurred to me that, well, maybe it's just some kind of a, a spirit or a spirit manifesting itself right. as a and, Sasquatch, you know. Um, well, while the name Phantomal is a very weird and peculiar name, I mean, it does have some bearing on what we're looking at here. Right. Yeah. No. And, and, you know, like I said, nothing's off the table with this stuff. So, Absolutely true. Yeah. No, I didn't laugh about it because the name was silly or anything. I'm just, I just, it, you know, there's just infinite possibilities. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> just, you know, it's one of those things. Of course. Of course there's phantoms. Of course there are. I don't believe in ghosts. I, I just, I did the speaking spot at a paranormal expo and stood up on the stage and told everybody there that I don't believe in ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was, that was fun. Um, I don't believe in ghosts in the traditional sense. I don't think that, um, you know, if, if anybody's experiencing, not that I don't believe in hauntings and things like that, but if anybody's experiencing that stuff, I don't think that they're um, dead people. Well, it's energies. Energies can't be destroyed, so. 
Well, I always think it's a I always think it's a demon screwing with somebody. Like I don't and think you're. That's kind of that's, that's kind of my thing when when it's a ghost or a haunting or it's slamming doors or being like a cat and knocking crap off a wall or it's calling your name or a Ouija board. Like no, it's not your aunt Agnes. It's not aunt right. Ruth. You know, like it's a demon. Why would you believe it? Telling you that? Oh yeah, I'm I'm your you know I'm your great great grandfather from I don't know yeah last yeah. Times, you know. But and 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 like I was saying, you know, the residual hauntings and energies and stuff. Or like a place that had, you know, like a mental institution or, you know, a place that had a lot of executions. There's just so much bad energy. Right. And maybe it attracts bad spirits, so to speak. But yeah, no, as far as like, oh, uh, you know, this person got killed here in 1892 and they say their host, their ghost is still upstairs. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I believe that. I, you know, like I kind of, kind of in the same boat as you where it's like, I'm a skeptical thinking like, I don't believe in ghosts in a traditional sense that like it's a dead person who hasn't moved on. I think right. it's something worse imitating that. Right. It's kind of Yeah, I mean thing. if a ghost comes to me and says I'm so and so, I'm going to be I I think you're a liar. Um I don't So, Ashley, what if a ghost were to come to you saying he was Jimi Hendrix? I mean, you're going to ask him to play all along the watchtower or what? Well, yeah, prove do. himself. Yeah, Absolutely. that's what I would do. I'd like play all along the watchtower. And then that. even then if he does, I'm going to be like no, you just you learned you had a lot of time on your hands and you learned that. I still don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. You know, I I don't. I I, I think it's very. Um, I I think it's very silly for us to just go. Oh, yep, that's what it is. Um, you know, because I just I don't see uh, from all the places that I've been to and all all the hauntings that I've experienced. I'm actively experiencing and I, I what I believe to be an, a haunting in my home right now. I don't think that it's a dead person and I just will never buy that. And I have no reason to believe that. Um, But I agree. Residual hauntings are are still different because it's not necessarily that that woman in white is consciously coming there every night at six o'clock or whatever. Um, It's, it's something. It's not an intelligence. It's like just an energy. Right. Exactly. In my experience, when I said, Oh, I worked in a legitimately haunted building. I don't mean, I mean that as kind of a catch-all phrase. I think what we encountered and what is still there and what we dealt with for years and what this many staff members and what had been documented in actual reports um, was definitely something demonic. It was not a haunting. It was not somebody's vengeful ghost. It wasn't, you know, there was rumors that like, oh, you know, I, we, we heard that the office manager killed over at his desk or it was an abortion clinic or something. And, Right. You know, and, and we kind of couldn't verify any of that stuff in this building it ever was, but we've something definitely evil or demonic in nature or something that loved to scare us um, was definitely up there. What you want to call it, either a demon or a poltergeist or whatever you want to call it. There was something not good. It wasn't just some dead person. I'll tell you that. And all the encounters that I've had with a paranormal completely paranormal subject if you would ghost to me they have never been what i would consider like just a disembodied soul that has stayed behind i have never experienced that sure well one solid explanation i mean the best explanation i've ever heard of is uh you know wright patterson air force base is allegedly very 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 haunted well not just the base but like the museum and whatnot is very very haunted but um you know what i've been told from 
you know people that i that i speak to that work there it's not that it's haunted it's that they have this technology that they're working on within the base that creates um you know an impact around which leads people to believe that it, it is actually haunted it's not um it, it's just this weird science that you know they can't disclose um but are obviously defying our natural laws of physics or what we believe to be our natural laws of physics currently um right. and that probably is the best explanation for a haunting that I've ever heard my entire life. I'm like, well, that checks out. I will buy that. Yes. Well, that it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of like me. I always wonder like at CERN and particle accelerators where they're testing the very fabrics of our universe, creating mini black holes. And it's like, if they uncovered something or let something loose or did something bad, would they tell us Would they know, would they even know what they were looking at? You know, like if something came through or if yeah. they're like, would, would they even know? I mean, these are hardcore scientists and hush-hush installations with, you know, the thing that makes me sick about some of these particle accelerators like CERN is like, what makes me sick is how much money was spent. I'm like, what, what could we have done in this universe with that much money to help people? Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's it's for science to create a black hole for one millionth of a second or something like that. The size right. Of the, an atom and then they can measure it or something and i'm just like that's cool but i'm like what if you guys are tampering with forces that you think you understand but you don't you know right. like the guys with an atom bomb were you know like when they were creating all that stuff they they knew what they were doing but they kind of didn't at the same time they're like well yeah. we could just keep scaling this up and then an atom bomb turned into an h-bomb and then it was just this big sick arms race and it was just like no 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 you can stand a mile away and watch it with your naked eye you'll be fine oh what do you, a year later you got cancer completely unrelated like completely like, unrelated yeah 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 so yeah it, that's how it is yeah yeah i mean so it, it, and that's what they'll tell you any of these people if if you have the chance to talk to them or you have the chance to talk to um you know any high clearance military official or anybody that's working in these labs they'll tell you um no we have no idea what we're doing we're actually also very intimidated by it but we have to do it and it's like oh well okay that's not what you want to hear from people that are supposed to you know be working on things does our government ever know what they're doing no, no i guess not <laughs> i guess not the only thing well, they're good at is, I I, you know, I don't think that the government, you know, people give the government way too much credit. They're like, well, oh, they really do. Well, while we know that the government hides things, we know that because we've they've actually, I mean, they've come out and admitted to just maybe a tenth, not even that, of, of the things that they've admitted that they they're hiding from us. Um, but I think people give them too much credit in that they pretend that they they know what they're doing and, and they absolutely do not. Um, so <laughs> I don't well, think they know as much as we give them credit for. Yeah, and, and when it comes to Bigfoot, like, you think the people in the Capitol or the people in the Pentagon, you think them know anything or care anything about a Bigfoot? No. No. It's a certain bureaucracy, like at certain right. levels of the Forest Service, certain level, which is part of the USDA, and then certain parts of the Department of Interior, which is the Parks Department. And then there's, I forget which branch, the BLM. Uh, Bureau of Land Management, not the Black Lives thing. Um, you know, like all these different things that control these different jurisdictions federally, like there's a certain bureaucracy level of my boss told me not to talk about it, but if we saw something to report it to him and he won't ever say anything, but he makes a phone call and then some military guys come out and then the problem disappears. And that's about all you'll ever hear about it. And the, that guy's boss who made the phone call, he probably doesn't know any more about it than the military guys. And the military guys 
are probably like they're on a need to know basis. So you can't really draw any direct lines like you couldn't march into Nancy Pelosi's office or the Senate or anything like that. Or you probably couldn't even go to the National Intelligence Director or the CIA or anything and start talking about Bigfoot and UFOs. They'd probably be like, well, we can tell you about, you know, terrorist movements and Al Qaeda or we're going to overthrow this government or we're going to do this to China or whatever, you know, normal mainstream espionage type of stuff. But they'd be like, there'd be like UFOs that's down the hall, you know, and then, you know, like it's not, yes, there's a conspiracy, but I think it's much more bureaucratic mid upper level sweep it under the rug. There are some programs that probably are taking creatures for research and there's probably underground bases and dark stuff. But I mean, it's nothing that at a civilian level you will ever hear about or talk about, you know? Right. And yeah, like, like you can't give your government that much credit, but individuals in certain branches of the government um, can do what they want. But the government as a whole, no, like I went through disaster training a few years back when I, when I worked at the hospital and we had a guy who worked for FEMA, he worked for FEMA for 20 years and he was there for Hurricane Katrina. He was one of the guys on the ground and, you know, he slept in a tent for like six weeks or something like that and all the floodwaters and rescuing people and, he said, the only thing the government's ever been good at is writing a check. They That's can't true. come, you know, they're like, they might come rescue you. They might come fight a war well. But the only thing I guarantee you the government is at is write them a check. And that was, he was trying to talk about it. He's like, so if you want the government to help you in a big natural disaster, just tell them how much money you need to go buy the supplies that you need. Don't ask them for the supplies. Don't ask them for the bulldozer. Don't ask them for the generator if there's an emergency. He's like, ask them for money. That's easy to get out of the government. I thought that was really telling. You know, um, yeah, but it, it, to give this government some big overarching, that's like the whole chemtrails thing about, oh, it's a big cover up and all these planes are flying over and gassing us with stuff. Like, I have no doubt the government's capable of it. And I have no doubt that they probably have sprayed us with stuff. But to just be this ongoing mind control theory that they're chemtrailing us 24 seven all across the United States. I just don't really buy it, you know. Like yeah. it would be too much of an orchestrated effort. And for what? Um, well, but- when they could easily just dump something into our water supply. I mean, that would be the easiest way. If they really wanted to put something into our bodies, put it into the water. You can't get away or, from the water supply. The or, food, man. Yeah. Or food sources or whatever. Put it in our kids, the kids milk at school. You know, Why do like- it in plain sight in front of everybody and even run the risk of being found out that you're doing something like that. Right. Well, and, and for every pilot, there's a co-pilot and there's somebody loading the stuff onto the plane. There's somebody manufacturing it. Like there's just too much stuff to cover up. Now, if there's a a regional field office in Bozeman, Montana for the U.S. Forest Service that manages, you know, three million acres of the national forest and they have a problem with certain areas with Bigfoot, maybe the higher ups know about it. Maybe they keep quiet about it. Or if anybody mentions it, they just say they don't know and they keep it hush hush. If they have a confirmed sighting, they probably make an anonymous phone call to who knows who takes care of it. So it could be a local conspiracy in different branches without it being this big overarching thing. Agreed. You know, and I I think there is some kind of a men in black thing that does occur with Bigfoot. And there is some kind of a sinister organization, government or otherwise. But to say that, like, every Forest Service office and everybody in there signed, I've heard them all say, oh, they've all signed non-disclosure agreements and they've all said this. And I'm just like, yeah. Well, you know, people know. like to say that, Matt, but they, they kind of ignore that, you know, Sasquatch is actually listed in the Wildlife Journal of some places. 
Well, it's like in Washington State, it's illegal to shoot one. Right. You know? Yeah, you can't even harass one, let alone shoot one. I was trying to give a jerky. So. <laughs> yeah, so you can't even chase it down. You know, like you did that one Sasquatch <laughs> in California, Matt. We won't talk about that, though. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so it's just it's just this weird, you know, with Bigfoot. And, like, Bigfoot's kind of like a microcosm for it. And, you know, the people mm-hmm. who are trying to really uncover the big national conspiracies, what's really going on with UFOs and what's going on with the moon and bases on the moon and what's going, you know, like these really big grand things. I almost feel kind of silly sometimes like, Oh, I look for this ape in the woods, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, for me, I'm like, there's a connection there. So definitely most definitely. I don't know what it is. (laughs) Maybe someday we all will. I mean, I think we're getting pretty close to getting answers. Be honest with you. I think the veil is thinning. I think information spreads. You know, even five years ago, areas where I used to go Sasquatching, I had no cell phone reception. And now I have like full bars. Like Mm -hmm. I could have a sighting, record it and upload it to YouTube and then email it out right there within like 30 seconds versus even five years ago, I would have had to go home and go on my Wi-Fi and download it and upload it and all this other stuff. Like the transfer of information, the untaboo stuff. And I think you can kind of think the really big giants in the field of podcasting, like Joe Rogan and stuff like that for having Bob Lazar on and Mm -hmm. having those kind of, you know, Jeremy Corbell and kind of where it's in, you know, now it's like a UFO. People would be like, huh? Yeah. A UFO. Okay. You know, like I I would, you know, 20 years ago, you said you're abducted by aliens. People would look at you weird. Now people would be like, yeah, okay. You know, like people aren't as skeptical as they used to be. Yeah, no, the times have changed, definitely. And it makes me wonder where we're going to be 10, 15, 20 years from now. It's definitely interesting to think about, isn't it? Yeah. And I always said if the big, if the government, you know, the Forest Service or the Park Service or the Department of Interior or what have you, if there ever was going to be some kind of acknowledgement at a county, state, federal level of Sasquatch, Mm -hmm it would be a hundred percent on their terms. Absolutely. And I think it, it, it would, it, it almost behoove them to do it as opposed to let, you know, you know, somebody shoot a body and drink it, take it into channel seven news before the government could stop them. You know, like right. before the truth came out other ways, it would almost be better to say, Hey, Bigfoot is real. They're in some very remote parts of national parks and national forest. We're going to close these areas off the tourists. We mm-hmm. believe them to be a tribe of ape. We maybe in the future we'll look into studying them. They are the first thing they're going to tell you is we 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 think they're harmless, uh, but they are real. But they're the they're not in your backyard. The thing you saw camping twenty years ago wasn't one of them. Um, mm-hmm. They're only in these areas, so it would be great for them to disclose it if they're listening to this, because it, <laughs> because they could control the narrative on where they are and what they're doing, and they're not violent and they're very absolutely violent. right, yeah. And they're an ape, not a human. Because that's kind of the kind of the big debate, and it, they could set whatever narrative they want. They could give just enough answers for the average person to go, "Okay, that makes sense." Oh yeah, oh yeah. Did you hear Sasquatch is real? Yeah, I never heard. Oh yeah, apparently they got him in Washington State by Mount St. Helens in this area, and they've blocked it all off. Oh wow, yeah, they're going to try to send in some drones or something, and they could release some drone footage or satellite images of them, and mm-hmm. you know, just enough to be like, "Oh wow, they're real." And leave it at that. They don't have to get into missing people and that they're basically everywhere and that they have a history of being violent. And right. And you know they're going to gloss over that. They'll skip over the violent encounters. 
Right. And it also kind of makes me wonder by a lot of other mainstream Sasquatch researchers, like mm-hmm. the big names, the guys that have been on TV, a lot of them profess that Bigfoot is nonviolent, that you're safer in the woods with a Bigfoot around because they'll scare away. They, they keep the bears and the cougars away and that they, you know, that you're much safer out there and they'll take care of you. And I'm just like, what do you have the benefit as an independent researcher telling me that these things aren't harmless when clearly anything can be harmless. You could pick up a lizard in your backyard and it can bite you, you know, like, and like nothing's really harmless. Well, I think and, the harm from that, Matt, comes when they word it that way. When they say they're all, you know, gentle and you're safe around all of them. I think that's where the real danger comes in. Well, it's it's irresponsible and it makes me very suspect of yeah. who's really covering your paychecks or, or, you know, you really want to put the conspiracy hat on. It's like, is this disinformation? Right. Hey, guys, Ashley here. Um, I'm recording this uh, post-interview with Matt Squatch um, around this time of the episode we had started to experience some uh, technical difficulties, so we did have to cut the interview short. Um, I don't know, guys. Could be uh, government. Could be Portal Bigfoot. Um, could be aliens. Um, it could just be that technology is not uh, as, as good or as reliable as we would like to believe sometimes. Um, but either way, um, we will have Matt Squatch back on. Obviously, it was a very engaging um, you know, interview, and, and we're all very like-minded individuals. Um, so he's welcome back on in the future. We did discuss having him back on at a later date um, because of the difficulties that we experienced. But Either way, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode of Monster Radio, and we'll see you back here next week.